0: Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. I have with me Steve and Risa Dominguez. I am super excited to have them here today. Steve has actually written two books. One is called Set Free and the other is Intended Christian Life. And both Steve and Risa do freedom sessions in their house with people that are struggling with emotional issues or any physical issues, and they come to your house and you basically do one session with them and they get set free. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very seldom do we have to do multiple sessions. Usually that right. would be in the case where it's a lot of demonization because of tons of trauma or something like that.
0: Yeah. I have been fascinated by asking you lots of questions and how does this work? And I've really learned a lot from both of you. When I have guests on the show, I will have them share about mental health struggles that they've had. Steve, could you share the mental health struggles that you have talked about that you used to have?
1: Yeah, when I was younger, I think it was probably at its peak around college age. And that's a lot of times when you're trying to figure out what to do with your life and there'd be a lot of stress. I would struggle once in a while just being depressed. I wouldn't say it's clinical level depression, just Mm -hmm. something that would just depression would come on me. And I just... Didn't know how necessarily to deal with it, so I just try and wait till it lifted, worked my way through it. Obviously, as a Christian, a lot of times I would pray about it, and I would be like, Lord, can you help me with my depression? Help me to feel better. But when I really felt like I got breakthrough and i never struggled with it again is when I realized it really wasn't me. It really wasn't a mm-hmm. depression issue of myself as much as it was a spirit of depression that was oppressing me. Once I realized that a place at the fight at the proper place, I'm not trying to correct myself as much as realizing there's something that's oppressing me. So then I could do battle with it correctly. And what I found to be most effective then was to command it to go through the authority that we have in Christ or Mm -hmm. the demonic. I'll just command it. A lot of times things like that, you don't have to be like, you demon, you need to leave. It's simply like, I just command depression to go in Jesus name. And once they know that you know how to battle then they'll leave you alone. It says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you.
0: How did you know that that wasn't who you are? What was the moment or what brought you there? Or what, what was that? Because I think there are a lot of people that are operating this place of life. Well, just who I am. I just struggle with major depressive disorder and I take medication and I just struggle. And this is just my life. How did you come to that place where you recognize that that's not who you are?
1: I think one of the first things was, as I was meditating one day on the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And just take those first ones right there, you know, long suffering, patience so on. But if I'm supposed to be having the fruit of the spirit, which is joy, for example, it doesn't make any sense for me to be depressed, right? So it shouldn't be my nature. It shouldn't be natural for me as a Christian. And this is not to be against anybody who's depressed that's a Christian, because Mm -hmm. I myself was there and like, what is the deal with that? I think when it really hit me was one time, Heard Todd White, he was talking about, I think he was the one that actually talked about identity and just about how sometimes there could have been somebody else, but I don't remember him talking about there being a spirit of depression. And I was like, oh, it's a spirit of depression. And as soon as I had that realization, I was like, well, I can deal with that. And then the rest is history, sort of speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then talk about what do you do now? Does it ever show up again? And do any of those thoughts show up? What do you do to maintain your mental health now? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say it hardly ever shows up, but the enemy, he studies us, right? And so he always looks for opportune moments. And Mm -hmm. what he's trying to do is he's trying to find a time when based on the circumstances that we're in that we would receive a lie of his. If he came along right now and he tried to make me feel depressed, why would I feel depressed? And so it's a little more obvious. But if I'm going through a struggle, because none of us are perfect, none of us have perfect lives or perfect marriages. And say, for instance, somebody rubs you the wrong way or something, and and you start to hear these lies to the enemy. you know, People don't really like you and things like that. It seems more acceptable at the time. That's why the Bible says you have to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of the word. And I'm like, well, is that really true? And that's when you have to recognize it. But the more you don't recognize it and you dwell on it, then even if it's unrealistic and irrational, it starts to just build. It's like a snowball in your mind that keeps rolling around and gets bigger and bigger.
0: I've heard it called mental gymnastics, where you just play around and whatever's in the history, the history just keeps repeating itself and you don't get free. You just stay in this bondage of your mind. I would love to shift into you guys talking about how you guys do these freedom sessions and what you have done in your home. One of the things that has just been amazing for me when I met you guys in person at a conference in Redding, California, I just loved being around you. The atmosphere around both of you is just so full of joy and just so full of heaven. And I love to ask questions. so Of course, I'm asking you guys lots of questions. (laughs) You talked about that you dig a well because one of the things I was worried about was that I leave this conference and then I go back to my old ways. And you said really worked on digging a well. Can you talk about how you have done that in your home and how this has allowed you to then have these freedom sessions?
1: Yeah, that's been really progressive. I remember this all started when we went to a church in California. Some people may have heard of Bethel and Redding, California, and that was back in 2009. We just had our eyes open to a whole other world. When we got back home, We couldn't really find anybody who was like-minded, so we just Mm -hmm. had to try and yeah, like we say, dig our own well here. So we would just spend time in our living room, soaking in God's worship and just praying for His presence Mm -hmm. and just really trying to experience Him and bring His presence in. And we started to cultivate that. Mm -hmm. And then over time, we would start to meet with people like-minded. Probably Risa more than I, because she had some ladies that were very hungry and open. So bringing some people into our house to continue with that and Mm -hmm. bring them along. That helped a lot. He would even try and mentor other people, disciple them, so to speak, and take them out and do the things that Jesus taught his disciples. And that was really a part of it too, because the more you try and use the gifts of the Spirit and try and be with the Holy Spirit, the more he becomes real to you all the time. And now we've gotten to Mm -hmm. the point where we meet regularly with people in our home, they're just seeking and wanting more. Mm -hmm. And we spend a time of worship together and it's so powerful. We actually, every single time, a strong presence of God shows up, Mm -hmm. a lot of angels show up because we have some people that can see in the spirit in our group. And we have these glory angels that are showing up with Mm -hmm. us and worshiping together. It's just a blessing to be able to have that in in your own home.
2: And I'd say peace is a big part as well. When people come in, they literally feel the peace of God. We make it a habit. We don't want anything in common with the enemy. So we say, we stand, we're unoffendable. You can't offend us. We're not going to receive that offense. We're not going to carry that. And so it's like the presence is here and the peace is here. When people come, they say that. They've had a stressful day, but as soon as they walk in, it's like it lifts and they just feel at peace. We've even had ladies that just have fallen asleep because they're feeling the peace so much. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part, too, and I just feel like that invites the presence and shifts the atmosphere.
1: Amen. You know, and sometimes I'll even talk about like it's a home court advantage, so to speak, when we do a freedom session. Mm-hmm. And it's hard sometimes even for they get the demonic into our house because they're so... The demonic is keep trying to keep them from coming here. Usually they're full of anxiety on the way here. Well, that's really the demonic is feeling anxiety. Mm -hmm. We've even had people, when they come in here, a lot of times if they're very demonized, they can manifest as soon as they sense the glory. And sometimes it's not uncommon for the voices within them that start to say, I don't like these people. You should leave. Well, and they could
0: judge and they can think this is weird. And why are they doing this? That's the enemy stopping them from receiving the peace and the freedom that you actually have to get, bring them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Before, when you talked about that in 2009, when your eyes were opened, can you just explain what happened there? What were they open to? What was it like before then? Because I do actually think some of our listeners are in that place where their eyes actually need to be opened as well. What was it that happened for you guys? That was a huge paradigm shift. Go ahead.
1: Well, yeah. In 2008, we grew up in a a great evangelical Bible teaching church, but didn't believe in gifts of the spirit for today. That's how I was raised. And I was teaching an adult high school class on the book of James. And I always try and make things as practical as possible when I teach. And I was reading ahead one Sunday morning, um, early in the morning, recently was still in bed. At the Mm -hmm. time I had a torn rotator cuff and I could hardly lift my arm. And I was reading in there about how It says that Elijah was a man of a nature like ours. And he would pray and it stopped raining for three and a half years. And he'd pray again and it started raining. I'd have my commentaries out and I'm trying to figure out how can I make this practical? Because I'm like, Elijah, he's amazing. He's like the prophet of the Old Testament, so to speak. I'm like, Lord, how are we? And I couldn't, every single commentary would just point back to the story. And I wasn't getting anywhere with that. And so I was like, Lord, where are your miracles today? I don't see even how this is practical. Make a long story short. I went upstairs and I took my Bible. And I put it on the desk, but in doing so I stretched my arm out, which normally should have hurt like crazy, but I, cause I would forget about my rotator cuff being injured and it didn't, but I realized what I had done. And I was like, wait a second, I shouldn't be able to do that. And I lifted my arm up like this. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. Lord, if you're healing me, heal me all the way. And then I went like this. And it was like the Lord saying, Okay, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you my miracles. And, and wow. so it put, it put us on a journey. And we went to church and I started telling some people about, Hey, the Lord healed my rotator cuff. And they didn't really know where to put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Our brain can't understand it. No, no, I our was, little brains can't get it. Yeah. I was watching
2: it because I'm laying in bed and then he does that and I'm watching him do this. And then he gets down and does push ups, which he hadn't done in like <laughs> eight months. Then he says, get dressed. We're going to go out and throw the softball. And he's whipping it, no pain. I mean, it was a full-out miracle. Could barely move it to absolutely no pain and fully using Um, it. And I'd never seen that in my life.
1: But one guy said, oh, praise God, I have a movie you should watch. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jared Wilson movies, The Finger Mm -hmm. of God, but The Finger of God had just come out. Mm-hmm. And so he brought it to me the next Sunday and we watched it and we were like, I would say cautiously excited because a lot of it was just, this exactly. is really strange guy, but if this is you, I want to, mm-hmm. I'm all in, but I need yes. to know this is yeah. you. Yes. You know, and of course, if you go on the internet, you're not going to learn anything, just a bunch of uh, people's opinions. So Bill Johnson, I liked the way he talked. It was very logical. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy one of Bill's mm-hmm. books. and start listening to his podcast, which I did for a year. That's why I went from 2008 to 2009 before he we went out there. And I was like, "How did we miss all this? Because it all then made sense to me.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's like we came alive from that time yeah. on. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Everything was fresh and new. We always said it's like we were born again again. Mm-hmm. But we came back absolutely changed. So everything that we had known for years and studied <laughs> became more real. And wow. the love of the Father pretty much dropped from our heads to our hearts. And
1: everything. I, I laughed because never been the same. Um, change is almost understatement because. We went from being non charismatic to looking a little radical and crazy to the charismatic
0: (laughs) with this, these freedom sessions really are doing exactly what God, the Holy spirit did in your body. You are helping other people to get set free. Can you tell me a little bit about the freedom sessions? If you feel led to even say prayers and ministry for the listeners, please do, because I think you guys are very equipped in knowing what the Holy spirit is saying And that's part of what I think is really amazing about what you guys do is you really tune into the Holy Spirit and you just do what he says. Yeah, Yeah, thank
2: you. We get recommendations most of the time. We've never met the person that comes through our front door because they're being recommended by a friend. So we always pray and worship before they come and just asking the Holy Spirit to lead. And our Goal is to make sure they're comfortable and we always make sure they're safe. And if we're not sure, we ask them to rededicate their life and just renew vows like you would in a marriage, just with the Lord, yeah. because it needs to start there. You can't really cast anything out or set them free if it's not in Jesus's name. So we just tell them to relax. Their job is to receive and report anything, and we minister. I'll let you share what that would look like. But that's, we always want to set that stage. When they first come in, we'll even ask if. They had some anxiety getting over, and and uh, they did. <laughs> so we reassure them that we just release yeah. peace.
1: And as Risa said, we make sure they're saved first because, as it says, like a man, you don't want to leave a house swept clean because then it can be. Worse, and they'll come back, find it empty, and seven more spirits, more demonic, come back. We want to make sure they're saved, and so sometimes we like, well, how can someone be demonized if they're saved? Well, I would actually say I will never do a deliverance or a freedom session on somebody who's not. The first thing we'll do if they're not saved is get them saved. When they get saved, not everything automatically happens okay. right away. They still have to be set free. But I would back up a second and say we never pursued this ministry. We never asked uh-huh. for this ministry. We actually started out by praying for physical healing. Okay. and then we realized that not everything that was an infirmity was a physical, was physical, only. physical only. Mm-hmm. and so we're like wow we got to learn how to deal with the spiritual parts of this then mm-hmm. and then one thing led to a next and so we continued to learn and get more training and so we're kind of a mixed bag of training but a lot of it was more as we went mm-hmm. we got known for deliverance and god has never stopped mm-hmm. sending people to us yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Because really, unfortunately, the church doesn't always know how to help people that are in that situation. And I think they are okay with the doctors just treating it with medication. And there's always a time, but the goal is that the Lord can touch and totally set them free of whatever Mm -hmm. is afflicting them. So even if it becomes a chemical imbalance, he can heal that. He can heal the physical as well as the emotional.
1: And so our freedom sessions can look a lot different from one to the other. I mean, it can be anything from emotional disorders. They could deal with some that are chronic illnesses that the doctors can't help. A lot of times yeah. it's a clue that it's spiritual. Yeah. And it can be fallout manifestation, things that they can't control certain things and mm-hmm. there's triggers to things. So, yeah, it can be a, a Whole range.
0: In Revelations, the verse 1910 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everything that you guys are sharing, the listeners can actually mm-hmm. receive. So that means that the Holy Spirit is moving and the Holy Spirit moves in one person. It means that we can take it ourselves. We can receive that. Is there anything that you could share as an example of someone, this is what they were struggling with. This is what you noticed, and this is what you led them through and they received freedom from that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Do you have one in mind you want to start? No, with? you
0: go ahead. There's
1: so many. <laughs> yeah. The one that we just did last night, there was a young lady and she was diagnosed with all kinds of different ailments to the point where sometimes people think, oh, it's just on her head. When in reality, it's not. But they could be say, oh, she has autoimmune disease and things mm-hmm. like that. When she comes here, it's obvious that, yeah, she has a lot of physical problems, yep. but a lot of it was manifested from spiritual trauma in a sense. Mm-hmm. She could have had some physical trauma. Also, but a lot of times when trauma comes into a person, mm-hmm. it can manifest itself. Also, stress, it's another big one or, mm-hmm. or something like that.
2: And we dealt with generational stuff too. There was some okay. mental illness in her generational line. Well, God is so good, so He can speak to us. He will moves in words of knowledge. So even if she wasn't sharing all of the physical stuff, the Lord would tell him he would get a sympathy pain and ask about a certain area. And then she would say, oh, that's connected to this tissue disorder. And honestly, all the names of all the stuff she's been diagnosed with, I can't repeat any of them because they're just too complicated to say. (laughs) So so the Lord is so good because he wants to heal the whole body. He wants to heal our soul Mm -hmm. as well as the physical things that are coming out. So we did walk her through some forgiveness and some generational stuff and broke off trauma. And she was feeling so much relief and lighter. She kept reporting back that she could breathe easier and neck pain was going down and different symptoms were getting healed and ended up putting on worship and we were dancing around the family room and she was breathing freely. So that was awesome. That's it in a nutshell, but people that come are really willing to walk through as you're suggesting that I know it's hard to forgive. We're not saying that what this person did to you was okay. It really was not. You've not come to terms with it. We explained that. And they're willing to walk through because they just don't want to partner with any of this anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. And then the other one that popped into my head when you first asked was there was a mom and she brought her daughter and also a friend. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember what they were saying the original symptoms were. I just Mm -hmm. remember what showed up right away, because like I said, we like to make sure people are saved right away. And so Mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about your testimony? And if I'm not totally sure that they're a Christian, a a good way that I approach it is is I'd be like, you know, it might be a good place Mm -hmm. to start is just rededicate your life to Christ. It's kind of like as a marriage, you kind of renew your vows. So I'm not saying I don't think you're not saved. It's a good place to start. Yeah. So she says, oh, sure. And then I said, okay, can you just repeat after me? and as soon as I start, all of a sudden, her voice changes, her face contorts, and she says, no. And, and she, she started clawing at my table. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so she needed to say that prayer. She needed yeah, to say the salvation Right. Prayer. And so
1: the demonic was very resistant to that. And I was like, okay, so we've got uh, full-on manifestation here. So obviously, you're showing yourself.
0: What happened
2: well, after he, he took authority over that demon and he found it and muted it and commanded it to set aside so we could deal with her. And once we did that, then she was able to finish the prayer and verbalize that her life is dedicated to Jesus Christ alone. Then we were able to get her set free pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Usually what we do in those cases is we need to get the demonic bound, kind of mm-hmm. put in a spiritual closet so they don't interfere as we walk them through things to get them set, to get all the doors closed, all the bondages mm-hmm. broken. Yep. And then the demonic will go much easier. You want to make sure they lose all their legal rights. It's just easier that way. And then you get them to go. So you
0: took authority, you take authority and are say, okay, get out of here. I've got the space. And then the person's able to take authority. Right. You're leading them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really, really powerful. Cause really you want them to be able to leave so that they're free themselves. They're not needing you all the time. For a lot of times in counseling, yeah. people need to keep coming back to the counselor. And while it can be helpful to talk to someone, I'm not saying don't go to counseling. It can actually make people relying on a counselor instead of Jesus yeah. the healer. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. One of the biggest, probably what we spend more time is actually educating them in their identity, but also how do they walk it out? And part of their identity is for them to understand the power and authority that they have so that they can help walk out their freedom themselves. Yeah,
2: he always has the Bible open and he's always goes to Luke 10, 19 and teaches them the authority they have. But also in a case like that, it's like we have that person, if they need to confess anything or renounce anything, have them do it and have them say, I command this anxiety to leave me now, or I command depression to leave me now so that they are doing it. They're the ones you're right, Heidi, in the beginning, sometimes we need to take authority so that, and then have that person do that and have
0: them walk through that. Yeah. That is really, really cool. and I could sit and ask you guys questions about this all day long, but I'm wondering, would you guys be willing to pray for our listeners? I know that you don't have someone in front of you, but maybe just some of the common things that you know that you see that our listeners could get set free just from, I mean, even being with you, I have this peace that's with me just by doing a Zoom session with you. I can just sit here and listen. I just feel like a little kid just sitting at my father's feet. I feel like I'm in your home and I just have this huge sense of peace that you guys are talking about. So the presence is here and I would really extend that for the listeners to receive that as well. Even when you started talking about Risa, when you said, I just want them to just sit and receive. I think yeah. some people just need to do that and just sit, need to receive that whatever it is that you guys have to pray. It's what the Holy Spirit's leading you guys to.
1: Sure. And before I do that, let me explain that. There's a lot of different, obviously doors or, things that people could have brought things in Mm -hmm. but if I could categorize them into three big chunks I would say it's either something that was done to them yeah or something that they opened themselves up to by something they did Mm -hmm. or something that's come down their generational line got it and so what I would be happy to do is pray for those who had something come down their generational line because a lot of times we're seeing that maybe they had a grandfather yeah. who was in the masons or was practicing witchcraft or something that came mm-hmm. down that way. so I'd be happy to pray for that yeah yeah lord i just pray for those who are listening right now in the name of jesus to, i just plead the blood of jesus over them to create a wall of separation between them and their parents grandparents great-grandparents great-great-grandparents all the way back lord to to adam i remove every right of the demonic to afflict them because of any sin of those previous generations But we call forth all righteous inheritance that you have coming to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I also lift that. I just break off any generational trauma that has come down through the generations, even down to the cellular level. And I command all trauma to leave their bodies now and their souls. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse their bodies and souls of all trauma in Jesus' name.
2: Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and I just feel like the Lord is speaking truth too many right now and breaking lies that we've had for a long time and that that's going to shift everything that God does desire if you walk in full freedom, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. So we just release that and we just come against anything the enemy is, is lying to you about and come against any depression or anxiety or any fear. We just bind them up and we command them to leave you now in Jesus name. And we just release peace from heaven, and we just release the joy of the Lord, and we release His grace in Jesus' name.
1: And also, Lord, I also break off any words or curses or incantations or spells or anything, Lord, that has been coming against them, that anybody spoke against them, or even people who didn't purposely speak into their lives negatively, but they received mm-hmm. it. Lord, I pray that they would yeah. break agreement with those lies and that you would speak the truth to them, Holy Spirit, about their identity. Yeah. And so we break yes. the power yes. of any words that were ever spoken over them or to them, also spells or incantations, in Jesus' name.
0: Yeah.
1: You're awful, powerless you. to the ground. Thank you, yeah, thank you
2: Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank
1: you, Lord. As far as any of the listeners out there right now, too, if the Holy Spirit just brings things to your mind that you maybe dabbled in that you shouldn't have, whether it's drugs or something with witchcraft, like maybe you played with a Ouija board, you went to a psychic or tarot cards, just confess those things to the Lord, and maybe you already have done that. Ask Him for your forgiveness, ask Him for His forgiveness, and receive that forgiveness. But then what's very important, which a lot of people don't do, is to say out loud, I renounce that activity in Jesus' name. I renounce any activity that I did with witchcraft. I renounce all activity I did with drugs or whatever it is that the Lord might be bringing to your mind, yep. and then just saying anything that got on me from any of that, I just command it to leave me now, yep. in Jesus' name.
2: Yep. And you'll yeah. feel lighter. You will definitely feel lighter. <laughs> and then
1: just ask Holy Spirit, come and fill up that void that just got emptied out. And I just pray right now for the listeners yes, that you did yes, that to yes. be filled with more. More of you, Lord. More of anointing. Mm-hmm. More of the fruit of the Spirit. Just mm-hmm. more. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Lord. And even those who didn't get emptied out, Lord, I just want more. I just mm-hmm. pray more impartation to our listeners right now in Jesus' name, or anointing for power, for healing, for deliverance, in Jesus' name. Jesus.
0: Oh, good. And I think some listeners are going to think, I want to know more about this. And you can. One of the books that Steve wrote called Set Free, everything that he talks about, he explains it all in a very simple way. So I'd highly recommend this book. You can get this off of Amazon. They can also check you guys out at theintendedchristianlife.com.
1: Or another shortcut is Steve, the letter N, risa which is dot yeah. Either one will get you to the same place. Yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> great. You guys are both really good teachers and you explain it really well. You help all of this to just have it be normal. Like you said, it's just the intended Christian life. It doesn't need to be weird. And then could you just explain a little bit about the noises that you made? For some people that are like, what was that? Why was he doing that when he was praying? Just so yeah. some of our listeners can understand, what was that?
1: The best way I can explain it is sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of groans within me from my stomach that's where kind of like the spirit resides in us. And so sometimes it can come up with a puff of ear and sometimes it makes my body kind of manifest. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll jerk or a different thing. But a lot of times I would look at that as it's a surge of power. The Holy Spirit is doing something that my body doesn't know how to respond to other than almost like a power surge.
0: What I would say right now, any listener that's judging that turn that into faith and just receive it and say, that means that the Holy Spirit is working in Steve and there's power that is coming through him and through research. So just, Let go of the judgment and just receive it as something new, just like what they talked about as well in 2009, when the Lord shifted things from them, because why not? Why not step into the power of the Holy Spirit and let God do something new? Because is it working the way that you had it before? And so I just really invite you into just opening your eyes to the newness of what God intends for us and take a step into it and say, "Okay, God, show me and he will show you.
1: The other thing yeah, I can you know. tell you firsthand from experience too is the demonic hate it when yeah. I have.
0: <laughs> there's, there's a
1: power in the spirit that's being mm-hmm. released; that they mm-hmm. just can't mm-hmm. stand. Yeah,
0: good. Well, thank you so much, Stephen Risa. This has been wonderful having you. So that listeners can find you on your website. Do you guys do Zoom freedom sessions? I know you yes, for people. We've,
1: you do. Okay. We've even done some yeah. in other countries. Yep. Awesome.
0: Thank okay. You, All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.